cliffcentral.com The Unview The Thin, The Rich and The Fabulous on cliffcentral.com Good morning, good morning, good morning and Josie and the rest of South Africa you here from the beautiful city of Cape Town Hello, Al. Are you there? How are you, Matty? I'm super. How are you? Loud and clear. We're coming from the beautiful city of Cape Town. You are indeed. uh, Very blessed because we've had three phenomenal days of sunlight, beautiful weather in its late 20s, and uh, and the magic of being able to film here. But today is quite miserable and uh, rather nippy. uh, But it is spring in Cape Town, and as people often say, Come back in a half an hour and the weather would have changed. Of and course. that's exactly how it works. Good summer. old moody Cape Town, hey? Matthew, it's good to be here on The Unview, The Thin, The Rich uh, and The Fabulous. And welcome to everybody who's joined us. And of course, this is the magic of technology. I'm Skyping in. You are? Live from Cape Town. Uh, of course, this beautiful city. Uh, wonderful things that we've done over this week. I'll tell you all about it. That's all coming up. But we've got a lovely packed show, Matt. We do, uh, We've Al. got uh, Ian von Mounty joining us, discussing... Um, Keyboard Killers is mm-hmm. going to be on the line. We've also got um, Zach, Zach Hendricks um, coming into studio. We're going to talk about a charity initiative. Lots of magical things happening on today's show. How are you, Maddie? I'm super, Al. I, t- t- you know, a little, a little nervous when I, when I realized that I'd be in studio on my own, but I'm surrounded by beautiful, powerful women. And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and I've got you, I've got you in Cape Town then. You're also surrounded by beautiful people. So it's good. I actually, I'm actually, I think, uh, surrounded by one of the most beautiful and slash powerful people in South Africa, and it's, uh, it's a very special person. I'm happy that we we're able to sit together to see you. So let's kick off the show with some, some something really, I would imagine, to, to well, it's magical, mm. uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Matthew, you know, we we see the the country is in crisis at the moment over what's happening at the universities, mm. and I think there's a double whammy here. First and foremost, people disrupting people from getting educated. But there is an underlying issue of people that need support in terms of education. Yeah. And and both of these are playing a bit of a yin-yang at the moment because we're seeing people being disruptive and actually being violent and, and, and this is unnecessary. But there is an underlying issue that people are battling to pay for their fees. Of course. People are battling to feed themselves, to keep themselves going through the education. They're, they're battling to buy books and they're battling to buy clothes. And there's other economic circumstances that, that affect people that uh, isn't just about paying a, 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 a university fee or a school fee for that matter. Mm. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's a double whammy issue. But, but the thing is that if we, as a civil society, don't do something to help in some way, on, in some form, then, I mean, what's the point exactly? Sure. And government can't do it all. So I'm sitting with, as I said, a very powerful woman. Her name is Ruda Lantman. Mm. Um, she's obviously a top journalist, formerly from Carte Blanche. She's yeah. on Veranadinger, on CakeNet, and, of course, does magical work across the board, sits on various boards like Media24. And Ruda's here to discuss one of her initiatives that she does with a group of people, trustees, called the Readers Unite Trust. And this is to bring people together who believe in the future of South Africa and that believe in, in that this lies in education. Yeah. And, and I've got Ruda here to tell me a bit more. Ruda Lundman, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, Alan and I have said good morning. We've even had breakfast together. So this is, uh, I don't have to greet him, but good morning to everyone else. Ruda, firstly, tell us about the, the Readers Unite Trust. How did this start? And it's so important at this time 
to be able to talk about the positive side of what people are doing for education? Yes, this is, uh, I posted a, a short video on Facebook this week, and uh, from the reaction, I gathered that it might not have been the best week to choose in the history of South Africa, uh, because people are so angry with uh, what they put in one box and call the students. But it is not all the students. Last year, we did an interview with Jonathan Janssen for Veranadinger, mm. And I said to him, how do you feel about this? And he said, well, there are 200 very angry students. There are 32,000 students in total on the campus, on the various campuses of Free State. And I think that's true at all the, the campuses. And I think one must be really careful not to put everyone in the same box. But you asked about the, the start of Free Days Unite. I, was, I became more and more deeply under the impression of the need as you've just said, education is a bridge between a life of poverty and unemployment and a life with a job um, and the possibility of building a, a good environment for yourself, your family, and even the wider family. As we know in impoverished communities, the first thing that, that young people do is start building a house for their parents, mm. etc. So, how does one do that? South Africa, and this is something we forget, is actually a poor country. The vast majority of this of this country's people cannot afford university fees. So all of this was in my head when I visit happened to visit the states uh, three two years ago, and I came across an amazing organisation called the Philanthropic Education Organisation. In 1867, seven women who were at university. In 1867, okay. clubbed together to help a friend. Out of that grew an organization that now has a quarter of a million members across the states and Canada. They pay $50 a year membership fee. That means that every year, $12.5 million flow into that fund. In 1927, they built a university for women. So what what that brought home to me was the, the power of a small contribution multiplied by a huge number of people. Mm. It's basically crowdfunding. Yes. So I thought, what do I know in South Africa which might make a network? And I thought of my book club. So that's why it's Readers Unite. Because I thought people who read, A, understand the, the, the joy and the power of having access to information easily. B, have a little bit of money because they buy books. So let me ask them to give me the price of one book a year. But then afterwards, I thought that's much too little. So now I'm asking... One book a month. One book a month. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of spending 500 rand on books, you know, go yes. to the library, spend 300 rand and give you 200 rand yes. to help educate yeah. people. Or however much you can. Um, you know, Matthew, you're in education. Yeah. And you understand that the power of educating somebody uh, as a teacher, because Matthew's a teacher, um, is critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, um, we, we celebrated, we celebrated Teacher's Day yesterday and, um, it kind of struck home yesterday, um, kind of walking through the school and having the pupils come up to us, whether they were forced to come up to us and go, Happy Teacher's Day or whether they were doing it on their own. It was quite a, it was quite a special moment to just see, you know, we wake up on a daily basis and we go, ah, oh, you know, work. But when, when you, when you realize what effect you're having on people's lives, it's immeasurable actually. You know? Matthew, the, the, the point of what I think uh, what Rude is trying to say is that we are not going to solve the education crisis by firstly standing in the streets and carry on like a bunch of buffoons. No. Okay? But we're also not going to solve the crisis by not doing anything and mm. by letting these people just sit by and, and go uneducated. And this is people in general. And this is not people that just live in a, in a, in a shanty town or people that live in rural areas. These, there are people in suburbia in South Africa that can't afford education from all walks of life, mm. that still also can't afford to go to university and need bursaries, need loans, needs assistance. Well, that's the famous missing middle. Mm. Yes, and that's because those are the ones that people are forgetting about also that sit mm. here. Um, I have a theory. It's maybe not the right there to have. Ruda, please don't comment because we have another point. I think sometimes the people making a big wada wada noise are maybe the ones that are not going to pass this year. But hey, that's just my own philosophy. And but that's a bit of a. You tease. are so cynical. I know, but uh, but the, but I'm not taking away from the issues that lie at hand. So the Readers Unite Trust need people with a collective mindset in terms of education, or and this is from all walks of life, to get involved. Now, how does it work? What does this, what, I'm going to give you 200 rand a month. So I pledge right now I'm doing that. Ruda, I've just joined the Readers United. Brilliant. Trust. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. So there will be one less day that we'll go out for a beautiful dinner because I can do that. That's how easy it is, actually. Um, what do I do with the money? How, what do, how, do we, how does it work? Where does it go? No. I uh, partnered with uh, an existing NGO called Study Trust. Mm. Study Trust has been in existence for 30 years. They, they started – 40 years. They started in 1974, um, a group of white duemonies who reached out to black uh, school kids at that point. They have over 40 years absolutely perfected – a, the admin, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to replicate another little admin office. And quite frankly, I don't want to take that kind of responsibility. So they have a, a brilliant um, admin platform. And then, but the, 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 for taking applications and then dispersing the money. Uh, but on the other side, they have a fantastic psychosocial support system which is why their students, and last year they had 1,400 kids whose bursaries they administered, um, 14 of them from Readers Unite, um, they have an 85% pass rate over the past 10 years. Now, that is, uh, anyone who has anything with universities know, that, uh, that knows that that is. Okay, so I partnered with Study Trust. Um, what we want to do, is to fill the gap between what um, basically NISFAS, the National Student Financial Assistance Scheme, the government scheme, what they give the students, or most bursaries, because it's usually only the hard costs. They cover the academic fees, um, uh, the residence fees, and maybe books. NISFAS last year was capped at 71, this year, 71,800. Mm. A year at university, if you have to buy everything from your toothpaste to your T-shirt to your transport, ah, it's nice alliteration, um, mm. costs more than 120,000. 
So what we do is give our um, students that 40,000 gap. Just to get, so that they can, so that they can eat. Basically to eat for food. I mean, this is Mm. for food and for, for, for a jersey. I mean, this is, people don't realize that they've spent all their money, Matthew, on their education, all their bursary, and they don't. These are basics. Go and work. Or they can work a little bit, but they need a jersey in winter to go to study. They Mm. need to feed their stomachs. This is where I think this is critical. And that is why I, I wanted to ask Ruda Landman to join us this morning. Because in this turmoil that we're looking at with our universities, these are some of the issues that if we're doing good, maybe the good will overcome the silliness or, or some of the distraction that we're seeing. Mm. And I think this is, this is the, the way to start the show. Um, you are listening to The Unview here on cliffcentral.com. My name is Alan Ford. Of course, we've got Matthew Cunanan in studio, who is our chatty Matty. He's our, uh, he's our thespian, not our lesbian. Um, <laughs> And we do some magical stuff when we look at the theatre. That's all going to come up in a moment. My special guest is Ruda Lantman as we come from Cape Town. Ruda, before you go, and we're going to get the information of the trust, um, we, this show promotes reading, the arts, entertainment, um, food. What is your, Just personally, what do you love? I believe you're going to the ballet this week. For yes, example, I'm going evening. to the ballet this evening to the Joburg Bay. Um, they have a fundraising gala tonight. So my colleague uh, Linda Degard and I are, are going. I'm really looking forward to that. And what other? I mean, do, do you love poetry readings? What else do you? I know that you are into very special type of of the arts. What do you? What do you enjoy? I'm a fiction reader. Mm-hmm. I read um, and a, a thriller reader, and I'm not even a secret thriller reader. I broadcast the fact. Um, <laughs> so I love that kind of. I love being transported to a different place. We bumped into someone yesterday from uh, Michigan. No, not Michigan. Where did she come from? Um, Minnesota. 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 Mm. And I could say to her, I've just read seven books, one after the other, which are set in that area. And it feels as if I know the, 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 the space. So that's, I also read a bit of biography and history and um because my husband is a political economic analyst, um, he connects me with the world of facts and so forth, and I have to keep up. So, yeah. so I do some homework sometimes. But, but, you, but you love ballet? Do you love poetry? What other things do you enjoy? Do you, do you enjoy musical theatre? Um, no, no. Come not really on. my thing. But What's I, wrong? <laughs> <laughs> is <laughs> coming up. Okay, we're going to get, you know what, we're going to get Druda in the next couple of months into studio to continue a great interview. Uh, and, and I thank you for joining us this morning. Um, it's called the Readers Unite Trust. Let us do something to help. I want to know right now, how do I get involved? So what do I do physically? How do I sign up? You go to www.readersunite.co.za. There's a donate button. It is as Just simple as that. that. Simple. And, Nate, and is a debit order that comes off your account? It goes to the platform Give and Gain. I don't yeah. know many people may know that. That's an international Swiss-based um, platform to facilitate this. And you will land on their page, our page on Give and Gain, and they will lead you through the process. The process. Guys, let's stand together if we believe in education and helping people up, uh, out. And I thank Ruda Landman. Thanks, Ruda. journalist, presenter, of course, uh, top South African uh, uh, 
personality for joining us uh, here on the show on The Unview. Matty, to you in studio, are we ready with our next guest? We totally are. Ian's been waiting patiently on the line for us. Yo. There we go. Yo. Rita leaves us here from Cape Town. But Can I just say hello to Ian? Morning. Can you hear me? I'm not sure. Ruda's saying uh, hello, Ian. <laughs> is that Ruda Lutzman? It is indeed. Yes. Wow, that's a long time. Hello, Ruda. <laughs> uh, how's it going? We we did a number of stories together. It must be 20 years ago, uh, Ian. I don't think we're coming through there. No. No. Okay. Don't worry. I'm out here. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Ian from Memories, our next guest, of course, Keyboard Killers, starts, uh, started last night. And it's, um, we, we had a small chat earlier this month about it. Ian, welcome to the show. And over to you, Matt. Hello, Ian. Hello. How's it going there? How was last night? Oh, fabulous. Thank you. We had a very stressful setup. Where oh, yeah? It felt like um, the technical staff were being controlled by Jacob Zuma. I know. So that there was a lot of protesting and things didn't work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But then, and then the show happened, and you know the joy of bringing a show in that you've already done, and you know the work as you go out with such a sense of confidence. Absolutely. And the audience were just fantastic. They uh, they cheered and laughed and listened and kept and and roared and made me feel that I'm more talented than I am. So that's now, always a good thing. Now, I mean, this is not a premiere for you. You've you've played this in Cape Town already, haven't you? Oh, we've done East London, Cape Town. Last week we were in Port Elizabeth. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah, so no, we've really, you know, I've really done the show for different audiences, and I, I know how it, it responds, how it affects people. You know, last last week I think I got the best compliment. This really sort of ordinary guy comes up to me and he says, "Thank you, you've restored my soul." Oh wow! And that's wow. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fairly powerful statement to Absolutely. make. Absolutely. When you're just a singer and a pianist, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Ian, what, I, what I'm really excited about seeing in the show is that you, you've collaborated with two other artists, if I'm not mistaken, huh? Yeah, um, I've got a phenomenal bass player who's playing a double bass and six-string electric bass and then a normal uh, bass. And a doctor of music who's on percussion with me. And she's got this, uh, Andrew Warnick is on bass and mm. then this, uh, girl from Cape Town, Bronwyn Clafferty. Well, she's not a girl, but she mm. looks about 12 years old, which is annoying. And uh, <laughs> she just plays like a demon with such musicality. So the versatility of being able to do like jazz and and swing with this completely different sound to if I was just doing a piano show. Insane. Um, and then and then huge rock. I mm. mean, we. I mean, what's amazing is that there's just three instruments on stage, but we managed to get this. Huge sound. So I had a music come up from the USA and England, uh, in, in Cape Town, and he said, this feels like you're listening to a symphony orchestra at times. It's mm. that big, the sound. So it's a, it's a real pleasure for me, and also it's something I've never done before. Sure. I'm I'm really excited to be seeing it, and and we'll we'll give it we'll we'll do the shameless punt to, toward the end of our chat with you. But I, I you know, Ian, I had the pleasure of working with you a few years ago, and I must admit, I didn't know very much about you, and I got to know a lot about you after that after that process. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went and I, I did I, I went to speak a little to Professor Google the other day, and I came across your site, and I just have to read this because on the back of Teachers' Day, which, like I said, we celebrated yesterday. I, yeah. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have no formal degree in, in, in what you do in the performing arts. Am I correct? 
Yeah. No, yeah. The only training I've really had um, where you come away with a certificate is I have a grade eight in piano. Yeah. And uh, but I have no no I have no uh, tertiary education at all. Um, uh, but however, what I did, what happened was, I came from that real middle class family that said, yeah. oh, "You can't go into show business. You you know, there's no money." Yeah. And then I I met three influential women. It was E. Boswell and Judy Page and Joan Brickell. There we uh, go. And they all said, and they all said, you know, you've got something, and if you work, you most probably can make a living. So I went to my parents because we had no money, and I said, "Look, if I do a BCom." And I come out of it with, after three years, and I'm not qualified to do anything. Sure. So let me try what I'm talented at, mm. earn the money because I can I can play for people's singing lessons and and do piano lessons, and I'll pay for my own education. Mm. So I then went and started dance classes when I was 18 and a half. I went into a class of 10 year old girls and did ballet with them. And I <laughs> How was that tap. for you, Ian? Were you in tights? Oh, no, no. I mean, it's not humiliating at all when you're a, <laughs> when you're a fat 18 and a half year old amongst a whole lot of 10 year old girls and they're looking at you. Yeah. But I did it. And, uh, and I, I started singing lessons and I, uh, did a few acting lessons, but basically that kind of naturally very came, came to me very naturally. Sure. And, I, what happened was that just by working with good people, and that's, I think, the thing, mm. just by working with good people, I learned a fortune. And, I, and I, I've never, ever regretted not going to university yeah. because, for, the, for me, the training that I got as a performer in the workplace was incomparable mm. to what I would have got at university because I found that a lot of university people that I worked with came up with this vast theory mm. and very little practical application. Uh, one brilliant talent came out and she couldn't uh, do an audition. Yeah. Now, you can't do an audition, you aren't going to get the job. For sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and, and it's those practical things. Um, I don't in any way despise education and, uh, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm very open with my kids doing university or not doing university. Mm. It's just not for everyone. Um and I think that we need to take the holy grail out of university education. Mm. If you're doing something which requires it, like medicine. Yeah, please, my heart law, surgeon, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, or, 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 or a neuropsychologist or even a, an actuary or something like that. You're going to need that degree. For sure. But there's a whole lot of people out there who don't. From bookkeepers to plumbers to um, pianists to um, there's a whole lot of people out there yeah. who don't need it. And we'll earn. And I, I, I directed Mandela's 85th um, uh, birthday celebration. The lady who booked me to, to direct this thing, and it was you can imagine it was a large scale event for it's Mandela's 85th. Sure. And she took all the main suppliers out for lunch afterwards, and there were six millionaires. And that was like eight, nineteen, two thousand and one. Yeah, six like- millionaires sitting around the table. And not one had finished school. It shows you, eh? Love it. And I think, I think that we underestimate the fact that often formal education does not qualify you for the world, mm. which is why often many university graduates come out and end up doing something else. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of people use <clears throat> university as a discovery. Um, when in actual fact, I think they'd be better going off to India to build houses, and and yeah, and then coming and then coming back and going, okay, this is 
actually what I think I want to do. And yeah. then instead of spending a lot of time and money and state money and uh, their own money and their parents' money or their loan money, when they're not certain about what they want to do, but uh, because university is what everybody should do, mm. in inverted commas, they head off that way. Yeah, so that's a fairly long answer to your fairly no, short question. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but Ian, you, you mentioned the late Joan Brickell. And I mean, an absolute yeah. legend, um, an yeah. absolute legend. Tell us, tell us about your time with Joan. I mean, I, I, okay, I never, well, I, I, very, I never got to meet story. her, but I, I, I've seen, I've seen footage, I've seen stuff, and I've heard beautiful stories. And I think, yeah, if you yeah. could just share a bit with us, man. Yeah, so it was a very cute story because I was playing for a friend's audition. Yeah. So I come on from school in my school uniform and my shirt hanging out, and I go to the piano and I play with all this pent-up passion of a testosterone-filled 17-year-old. And then I hear this manicured voice from the auditorium saying, you, you at the piano, come down here. Yeah. And she said, you have something very, very rare. And I think that you could make it in show business. And she's, I said, I, well, I don't think there's money in show business. And she said, well, what about, we, we've been working for 30 years. And I said, yes, but you've been lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. despite that, she became my mentor. Mm. Um, she became my best friend. And I would not be who I am today without her. Yeah. Because I literally, I might, I might not have gone to a formal university, but Joan Brickell was a living, walking university. Mm. Her breadth of knowledge and experience and her generosity and sharing it meant that I came away with insight uh, and practical mm. insight and artistic insight and integrity and the balance between integrity and commercialism, which is, of course, the great tightrope that every artist work, walks. Sure. You know, because we have to be commercial, but we also have to do stuff which we come away with feeling pure and whole and that we're serving our art. Yeah. And she taught me that uh, uh, wonderfully, and I, you know, I give thanks daily for what she taught me. And you know what? She, she's she's immortalized because here you are, and you 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 are doing to to a large extent exactly what she did to you for others, or you know your your impact your impact on others. Let me let me just um, let me just. Um, just just mention your impact on others' lives has been has been incredible. You know, you're on stage, you're up there, you are you're giving a man you're giving a man hope in an audience. Do you know what I mean? And furthermore, then you, you you're directing, you're producing, you've, you're so involved in in the in the business which she held in such high esteem. You know, so yeah, I think that I'm I'm, I'm in many ways I'm luckier than she was because I have uh, a stronger balance. Joan was really. It steeped in the theatre. It was uh, about eighty-five percent of their life. Yeah. With me, I love my work, but I'm very aware that when the curtain goes down, everybody goes home. So sure. that my home life has to be as balanced. And I think a lot of people who get into the theatre kind of they lose the balanced human being behind the art, mm. and because you you get so caught up in this dream that you're not actually. Uh, Serving yourself, and you know, with the, and if you have a big talent, it's easy for to lose that. I look mm. at great talents like um, Colas and Garland. I sure. eventually see them as little worker ants carrying a huge sack of talent that just crushes them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm, I think that I'm lucky in that I have uh, uh, the balance right, and um, families and home 
and bets are as important as standing ovations. Speaking of family and home, you based in you based in PE now, right? Uh, well, I'm, I'm on a little farm outside PE. Yes. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, I know it is. No, it's, it's unbelievable. Matthew. Every time I come to Joburg, I go, yo, I'm so <laughs> lucky. <laughs> We've got Al there. Matthew, I did get some information from Ian exactly when the, uh, the show ends and what people can expect. Absolutely. So tell us, Ian, what, 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 what can we expect in terms of the show? When it, where, where is it running? When, when is it running until? How do okay, we get tickets? So the show is called Keyboard Killers. Yeah. It's at uh, Peter Dreen's Monte Casino Theatre until the 30th of October. Uh, this week is sold out, so don't try and book for this week, but please book for the next three weeks. Yeah. And basically, it's a tribute to the eight great singer, pianist, lyricist, musicians combinations. That, and it's a very, very short list. Okay. So, Who's Freddie, Mercury, yeah. Freddie Mercury, John Legend, Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder, Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, Noel Coward, Sat Swallow. And there's almost nobody I've left off. Uh, there's, I think there's Lionel Richie, but that's basically because he writes kind of bubblegum. It's not a, yeah. a, a big range of talent. So. And um, who, uh, Christa Berg was the other person. But it's because he had, in, in many ways, he had a, like a niche career. Mm. That carried on for a long time. But I am, and I'm just doing this, uh, wow, doing this kind of show is just, such uh yo amazing it's killer it's a, it, it's a, it is it's a killer to do it is just the most um rewarding thing imaginable to do um because you just get so much uh, joy from the material is so good yeah it's like sitting down to a gourmet meal every night. <laughs> yeah, we, and it's funny. And we it's love funny. those. We love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, you know, I, and I've done interesting things. So, for instance, Mrs. Worthington, mm. I've done as a Cape Colored, very gay director, <laughs> with under a lot of pressure, <laughs> and he's having to respond to this very pushy mother. I have to be careful how I say pushy. You know, no, you can In say a, it, man, on this radio. No, 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 pushy because you know it can come out wrong. It should be so not very proper. <laughs> so. By taking that and giving it a South African spin, it mm. just for South, South African audiences they just they just they love it. laughter. Yeah. Uh, Ian, yeah, we are so looking forward to mm. seeing you, and um, we're going to bring are a big crowd along. Pardon? Are you coming on Sunday? I haven't received an invite yet, but I will make sure that I get one. I will chat to the peeps at 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 Venice oh, yes. Theatre. I will do so. But Ian, as always, it's such lovely. It's such a been. It's so wonderful chatting with you. And um, yeah, oh, we'll, thanks, we'll, we'll see. We'll see you when you get down yeah. from the stage, man. Okay. Cool. All the best. Thank there. you. Thanks for this. Ian. Okay. All the best. Bye. And that's uh, Bye. that's uh, Ian from Mimity. Of course, the show is happening at the Peter Turing Monte Cassino Theatre, and it happens uh, yeah, starting with the previews and ends the 30th of October, so don't miss it. And of course, magical things here on cliffcentral.com. This is the Unview, the thin, the rich, and fabulous. And uh, yeah, I'm coming all the way from Cape Town. Matthew, what's happening in the theatre world? You know what? There's a hell of a lot going on in the theatre world. But you know what, Al? You know what? Since since Ian just left us on such a high about his his, his peeps there that he's that he's got a that mm. he's kind of doing this tribute show to you, I thought it would be a wonderful tribute to to the lady that we're going to be speaking to just now, as well as, um, you know, Stevie Wonder to play a bit of Isn't She Lovely? Yeah? Oh, boy. Let's do it. I am a South African. 
I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today, which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. Isn't she lovely? The magic of, uh, of course, Stevie Wonder. And I must tell you, I'm coming here from the last word in Constantia in Cape Town. Matthew Coonan is in studio, and this is your Unview on CliffCentral.com. And, you know, we like to do some special things uh, on the radio. We spoke about Ruda Landman's special trust. Of course, Ian from Emity was there. And uh, it's uh, my pleasure now to to welcome to the show Nsiki Mkize, who, uh, who we've seen. We've seen on the uh, on the on the stages and of course in the newspapers, uh, you've become a second princess uh, in the Miss South Africa competition. And I mean, you're just one of those people I can see is going to do very well in the entertainment and philanthropic industries in general. But this is a very very special initiative. It's called Clothes for Jesse. No. Clothes, Clothes for too good. good. That's the one. <laughs> Clothes too good. Okay, let's. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just uh, things, the information's coming through as we're streaming here. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to ask you this question, Ziki. How did this begin close to good? How, how did this, how did this start and what, what, what does it do exactly? Hi, good morning, Alan and everybody. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. Well, I love it. Hello. How are you <laughs> I mean, it's a great morning. It's buzzing. We wish we had the sunlight that you're currently enjoying in Cape Town. So bring no, it back with have. you. We, we, we're underwater here at the moment. Are you? Okay, bring back the rain because we need it as well. I'll be happy <laughs> with anything you bring oh, back. I need the sun to film. <laughs> um, so how close to good started? We've been around for five years at the moment. It originally started as a parent program. Um, our MD, Jesse Naidu, started the program um, with Crawford Pretoria when his son was there and it was really just an initiative where they needed to get rid of some clothes and create a job for his caddy who had um, at the moment lost his job who is now our driver and you know does a lot of the relationships with clients with picking up and dropping off bags and cages and that sort of thing so that was the original goal from it to say okay how can we get rid of the clothes that we have and create a job for lucky and it grew there was a great response from the school there was great excitement from the community and it went from one school to a number of schools that have now since come on board and a great network that we now operate where we empower people living with disabilities we empower micro businesses that resell our bales in township communities and um, we recycle clothes that can't be used into pencil cases and that sort of thing so it's a whole network of reusing reducing and recycling and Siki, can I can I just tell you one thing, uh, and it's something quite interesting. You know, I learned from a metaphysical person uh, who does a lot of work, uh, you know, spiritual work, that the minute you take things that you don't wear over a period of six months out of your closet, you create space for more things to come into your space. So sure. the idea of what they're saying is that that sometimes we keep things on the rack in our in our wardrobes for. For years and years. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what you have. Yeah, true. Firstly, if you take that out and you give it to someone else and you kind of do something with it, you're creating space for an energy to bring things in, an abundance, by the way. And and secondly, it gives you a reason to go, oh, okay, well, let me assess my life. I actually am not going to weigh, weigh 25 kilos again. So, you know. <laughs> let me get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, but it's a very interesting thing that the, the spiritual realm, and I know that this is a bit esoteric, but that if you open space up, other things into that space. 
So it's the same with clothing. It's an energy. If you, if you be able to give it to someone else, you, you create space for, for other things to come into your life. So that's why I say give your stuff away. Yeah, it, it definitely does create that space. And also, I mean, I think with a lot of the clothes that we get, um, 60% of it is women. So, you know, they are majority shoppers and they are the ones that still have stuff with price tags on them. Um, kids stuff comes in at like 30% and obviously men, we only get 10% of that. So until your wife says, babe, give it away or this doesn't fit you anymore. Or if I see that jersey again, I'm going to strangle you. Men tend to not really give stuff away. So we see that in how the clothes come in, but it's always a great opportunity, just like a great excuse to go shopping again for new stuff. Um, but also just, in overall wellness, you know, giving is a part of wellness. And you know, a lot of people are very busy. They don't have a lot of time to go out and physically volunteer. Or some people are just sometimes cash-strapped, you know. And just by recycling your clothes, getting rid of stuff you haven't worn in six months, because if you really haven't worn it in that period, you're probably never going to wear it again, you know. So just letting go, giving it away, and we'll do something good with it. Um, and it does free up a lot of great space in your own life. In Siki, um, in terms of, in terms of people being able to give their clothes away, yeah. how, how does this process, what does, how does it look? You know, what do you, what do they need to do? Sure. So people can go to our website, www.c2cx.co.za, and there's a really cool anime video on there that explains our entire process and everybody that you'll be supporting by giving clothes away. Yeah. Um, but literally you can, Go to our website. You can email me, um, ziggy at c2cx.co.za or, um, this weekend at Red Hill, we, you guys are having the Red Fest. That's correct. Play, um, happening. So people can literally come with their bags of clothes, drop it off. There'll be a cage there. You can leave your clothes there and we'll come and pick them up. We also do do private pickups. So if you go to our website, you'll see there's a number of initiatives. So what we normally do is we pay for clothes. So we pay five rand per usable kilogram that we collect and that money can then go towards an outreach of your choice. So we support clothes to wheels with the Ohamba Foundation where you can help put a child Living with a physical disability in an orthopedic wheelchair We support Close to Play with um, Pathway Studio Where you can support a creche with an early childhood development kit And then we also do Close to Trees with Food and Trees for Africa Where you can decide to plant trees to set off your carbon footprint So any one of those programs you can pick um, With Red Hill as well, I suppose they'll yeah. be doing something to give back as well So literally, we can do private collections, we can do school collections If your corporate wants to participate, we can come through and collect um, bags from you guys at your building So it's quite a multifaceted kind of approach of collecting and, and, and distributing. Yeah, mean, anyway, Gauteng, we pick up. Um, and then school programs and corporate programs, we run. So normally like a 30-day program, people get their stuff out quick. Or we can do like a first day where we fill up the field and kids bring their stuff in. And it's really easy. It's just one weekend, you clear out your stuff because you're procrastinating for something mm. else. So in that your procrastinating time, <laughs> just take <laughs> your clothes out. Ellen, I'm loving the sound of that first day. Let's organize one, buddy. I know we, we should do that. I must say, Nsiki, how you didn't win Miss South Africa, I don't know because this is incredible <laughs> and you're incredible. I've seen you oh, on stage. Thank you so much. Judges, okay. I wasn't a judge that year. I've done it in the past, but um, I wasn't. You would have been it. But that all being said, um, <laughs> well done. Because thank I think you. It takes an initiative and, and you're clever about it. You're making it accessible and you're making it easy to mm. give the stuff away. And that's what I like. And I'll tell you something. Give us that, that website again and tell us how we – how. Give it to us again. So our website is um, www.c2cx.co.za or people can call me on 071-604-7492. That's 071-604-7492. And we can chat about um, if you want to do a hair stay, if you want to do an office collection or a school program. And we provide you guys with the bags. Um, but if you really just have stuff in boxes that you want us to collect, anyone in Gauteng, you can 
get in contact with me and we'll make arrangements to pick it up. And we'll also then discuss the outreach that you want to support and who we can put that money towards. I've just got to say, you know, you, you're, absolute, you're, you're a sight to behold. <laughs> you really are. You're quite exquisite. And there, there's so much more going on in your life. And, I, you know, we, we got chatting a little earlier about um, wellness and this, this idea of being present and, and yeah. in, in living your best life. Um, and you, you, you're running this, you're running this workshop called living, what, living your purpose. Let's, let's hear yeah, about living this. Living a life on purpose. On, on purpose. purpose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> living a life on purpose on purpose. Um, so that's happening next Wednesday, um, 6 p.m. at Oxford Corner. Helen Gray is hosting us. It's like, going to be a really awesome event. So we're inviting young people, young professionals, uh, people, if you're just like, you've been in the same job for 10 years, you're like, what on earth am I doing? <laughs> Come through. So we're going to be talking about identifying your purpose. You know, how do you show up in the space that you occupy and really make the most of it? How do you contribute to yourself and to those around you and really make the most of what you've been given and then just looking at how you take what you're passionate about align it to what you think your purpose is and then find a sweet spot with how you can make money for that you know and even if you're an accountant and um, there's ways you can make the six eight ten hours you spend at the office every day purposeful you know and just really showing up and being awake to the life that you're mm. living so we want people to come together and we're going to inspire connect and empower that's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful i don't know what you're doing next week friday l Wednesday. Well, Wednesday. With you. That's what we're going to do. We're, we, we're going to do this, right? We'll do this week. We'll be on the streets. Oh. Um, <laughs> I must say, Matty, thank you for joining us, uh, Nsiki. And again, we're gonna, we'll be behind you and we'll get some more support and we'll do some magical stuff for you. Oh, thank you so much. And I look forward to the people that might be coming through to Redfest this weekend and the bags of clothes you're going to bring in through. Beautiful. And on that note, my dear, on that note, mm. Redfest is big. Matt, tell us about it. Redfest is alive. I'm kind of, I'm kind of calling it the Renaissance. If I, if I, if I may, that's like, it's really cheesy, but you know what? There is some beautiful stuff going on at this place. Um, your read, your read day songs and readers alliteration. We've had a very interesting English show today. And why not? We can, right? Um, look, red, red fest is happening. It starts tomorrow. And, and like I say, this is, this is open to people that are, um, that are educators that are creatively inclined and, and Red Hill have basically set up a professional development opportunity for these people to come through and engage in in, um, conversation with the likes of Sylvain Strike, Ishmael Mohammed, Bernard Jay, Chris Avon Smith, Kucho Green to chat about the real in, kind of the importance of performing arts. So that's that's going on tomorrow. Um, and then Saturday, the school comes alive with everything that is arty. We have a huge orchestra workshop and um, kind of series of concerts happening in aid of a beautiful program um, in Bromfontein, getting st- kids off the street and putting instruments in their hands. And um, we've brought that, 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 that little orchestra in. They called the Music Enlightenment Project. And basically, we're pairing them up with partner schools and we are raising funds for these kids to be able to have resources, you know, to really kind of learn and engage with their love of music and get them off the streets. I think that's what's really important. Um, and further to this, Alan, we have got 11 productions happening on the campus um, over the course of this day. And um, to, to that point, um, I'm going to introduce Zach. Hello, Zaki. How's it? Hello. <laughs> um, you guys. Zach, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks, Al. Great to be here, man. Yeah, you guys might, you, you guys will, rec- stage lovers will recognize Zuck from a, from a, from a myriad of different shows, but I think one of the most standout performances we've seen Zuck in was the zany dentist from, from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great role to play last year. So, but so, that's the last time I actually did some theater work. So, seriously. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good one to, you know, end it off with for now. Yes. You know, so. But now, Zach, you know, you're no stranger to, to the, to the screens or, or the big screens. Yeah. You've got some great stuff happening. Tell us about, tell us about what's going on. 
Well, um, my career has taken a little bit of a turn at the moment. So, like, I've been tapping into the Afrikaans market. Yeah. Um, it started off with me playing the role of Gavin Grief in the film adaptation of Ballade for Inkling, which is a series in mm. the 90s. And then from there, the ball just started rolling, you know. Like, uh, currently, I'm also shooting Binnenlanders, which is the Afrikaans soapy. Yeah. Uh, another movie of mine's being released, Eindelijk Nogal Baya, in November. And the other one about Alison Boota was just released two months ago at the Silver Scarum Festival. Yeah, so. That one on Alison's quite mm. interesting because that was a stage production, eh? Yeah, we did the, the, we did the uh, theater adaptation of the book Eye of Life, which is based on Alison Boota's events, uh, where she was raped and mutilated 20 years ago in PE. Yeah. And uh, then she wrote a book with Marian Tam uh, a couple of years later called Eye of Life. And then Marilyn van Rianen, uh basically took the book and she put it in a theater form uh, about, when was it? Yeah, two years ago, two years ago. And that's actually where the director of the film saw me. She came to watch the, the theater production and then she saw me in that and then she offered me the role for the movie. So what role was that? Uh, it was one of the perpetrators. You swine. Yeah, bastard. You know, like, um, so I played France the toy, one of the attackers. So, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going like, on, you know. Let me tell you something interesting. Something interesting. Yeah. That um, when I was doing a program called Life's a Journey and mm. we interviewed Alison, I went off to the prison yeah. to meet one of the perpetrators. No, you are kidding me. Yeah. That slacked her throat. Um, and I say that, you know, it was a very interesting yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, uh, Alison has made, has forgiven them. Yeah. Um, that's a part of the process. But it's a very interesting experience because these Guys were so um, – they were Satanists. They were um, drug-induced beyond any form of life. That They were actually – they looked like very normal people. But it's a it's a, a very interesting role that you play – that you must be playing. And, and I mean I would recommend if you ever wanted to do a study on, on, on that particular uh, – uh, one of those particular people. I don't know who, which guy you're playing exactly. But, but if you – it was interesting to go and actually go down to the prison in the Eastern Cape to go and see them. Just, uh, just a point of note. It was a very – Fascinating. Yeah, you know, it was a very interesting process to actually do character work for that. Because the thing is, like, it's so far removed from who I am and, like, how we think as normal, normal uh, people. But, like, um, for us, I think we all. And I always say this, like people always, because I, I usually play the bad guy. I don't know what the hell, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I get it. I've just got that face. Everybody wants to slap, I suppose. You've got that face <laughs> in the body. That <laughs> but, you know, so like, um, but when I did the research, I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, it's so far removed from who I am. But at the end of the day, we all possess the side to go to the darker side. But I think our conscious it just literally it stops us to actually go there because we know it's wrong but as an actor we have that amazing um you know uh, opportunity to open open those doors that you know is wrong because we are portraying or you know doing research for a character it is not it's not us and that's a very exciting place to be as an uh, actor and also scary because at the end of the day you just got to re remember hey it's not me you're doing research you know so. i was gonna say and where do you draw that line between performance yeah. and real life because that line is such a it can be so blurry yeah it can be blurry but you know what in my opinion a good actor knows exactly when you inside and outside the role the these actors that go on tangent with method acting i don't disagree with it mm. but there's a sense of you also have to be very aware of 
what you do. Just because you need to have a broken arm doesn't mean you need to go and break your arm yeah. in order to understand how it feels. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. there's, there's ways and there's ways. So just because you're playing a, a, a Satanist psychopath, you don't need to go out and go and rape and pillage women in the streets. You know, like, you've got to find other ways of sort of relating to the character you know for so, sure from other experiences that you've gone through for sure zaki the difference and uh, it might be a boring question i don't think it is the difference between you know playing him on stage playing him on film now you no. you, you you learned uh, was it playing two different characters yeah, wow it was so odd hey i remember that first day when i was on set and now you got it i mean you're a performer right man yeah. so you understand how it is when you do theater and like you create a whole world and environment and you stand back stage and i remember the one scene just before i abducted allison in the car um and i was standing uh, in the wings with the knife in my hand and i always had to envision the car arriving because we were cheating it with futons mm. you know and uh, so you had to create this environment well imaginary environment and i did that for five weeks every single night sure you know and you sort of paint a picture of what you think it were well, will be, mm. you know. And that first day on set, I was standing in the street with the clothes, with a knife, standing next to the tree, next to the church, mm. with the Renault little car coming sure. in. And as, as soon as I, they said action and I had to go and, you know, sort of take the knife and put it against the actresses. Like, it was so weird because, like, I had a complete, you know, sort of moment of realization that this picture that I painted for so long was all of a sudden so visualized. Real. It was right in front of it. And like, I completely got um, goosebumps. Goosebumps? Yes. Yes. Flesh. I always get confused <laughs> with the two. Um, chicken, chicken pox, uh, chicken, <laughs> chicken flesh. No. Anyway. Um, uh, and that was very, uh, that was a very surreal moment for me. Um, I think in my career because the, yeah, it was the first time that something like that happened. So mm. no. And also the styles from a stylistic point of view, technical point of view, doing film and, and, and theater is a very different uh, yeah. thing in itself, you know? Zaki, I just want to check now. You've got a very interesting life. There's film, there's there's theater, there's a lot on the go, but you also farm. You are a farmer. <laughs> I know. What this the hell? <laughs> just enlighten us quickly. Tell us about your donkey farm and what's going on there. Okay, well, I've got a farm um, outside Joburg, yeah. um, between Ranfontein and Coltonville, yeah. and I farm with miniature dwarf goats and donkeys. Now we try and breed spotted blue-eyed donkeys, yeah. which is quite rare uh, because you don't get breeders of donkeys in South Africa but the new thing that we've done now is we needed to sort of find a new way of finding fin finances on the farm mm. with the donkeys because we have a herd of about 45 mm. and um, we needed to get a quicker turnover so we were like oh, what can we do and then there's a massive movement in Europe that's now resurfaced. It's not something that's new, but um, uh, they produce donkey milk soap and donkey milk products. Now, donkey milk is the closest milk to human breast milk, so your, so your skin absorbs it quite easily. It's very high in vitamin C and it also helps against skin diseases like um, psoriasis and eczema. So we've now made a range of uh, donkey milk soap, donkey milk face Insane. cream, and 
hand soap. And we've got a stall at the moment at Art Club. Okay. So anybody Which can is happening in. this weekend, right? It's happening this weekend. Otherwise, mm. they can get uh, on our online store on Facebook, The Donkey Dairy. The Donkey Dairy the dot Coza. Well, no, no, it's on, no, Facebook. It's on Facebook. The Donkey right. Dairy. Yeah, there's an online store. There. Got you. Mm. Zaki, it's, it's been a joy chatting to you in studio, man. It's cool, absolutely man. insane. And Alan... You still in Once Cape Town? You know what, Zach? You must come back. Absolutely. I want to have more of this. Man. Very interesting. <laughs> no, look, it's an awesome. Listen, I love the craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you more about the soap, man. It's awesome. <laughs> but, you, but I got to tell you something. That yeah. I have a, a TV show called For Anadinger on Kijknet. Yes. And I want to do a story on you and your donkey soap. I'm telling you, there's a story, darling. But there is a story. You must come oh, to my farm. Let's go and play. I'm telling you, don't. <laughs> Give it to anyone else. Okay. I want the story. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go well, Zach. Okay, buddy. Okay, listen. Ellen, uh, it's been amazing. It's time to close the show, Maddie. Let's do uh, it. What a great show. And, and uh, of course, thank you for all our special guests who joined us. Ruda Landman, Zach Hendricks, of course, and CK, our beautiful South Africa, doing wonderful work in from MIT. Matt Chatsy, thank you for being with us. Boy, what a day. What and, a day, uh, I'll We'll be with you next week. We'll Janice Hanneman joins us next week. Exciting stuff. Have a goodie. Exciting. Cheers, guys. This is The Unview, The Thin, The Rich, and The Fabulous on cliffcentral.com. The Unview, The Thin, The Rich, and The Fabulous on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.